Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 17. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Luke chapter 16 We talked about Jesus told us the story, were you with me, of Lazarus and the rich man. And keep in mind, we haven't addressed this in a while, but you need to keep in mind that as we are traveling through Luke, that Jesus is traveling toward Jerusalem, and he's ultimately headed toward the cross. And now Jesus turns his attention away from the Pharisees to his disciples, because very soon Jesus won't be with them. And he needs to prepare them. So after he addressed the Pharisees and the crowds, and now he turns his attention away from the critics to the Christians, and he's giving some lessons in what I've titled Christianity 101. You got your pen? You got a pad? I'm going to give you four lessons on uh, the Christian life. Four lessons of the Christian life. And and we're going to talk about that today. Four lessons of the Christian life, and you might want to jot these down. Lesson number one, here's our outline for for this afternoon. Lesson number one, it will talk about lessons on offenses and stumbling. You're going to find that in verse one and two. Uh, Secondly, we'll talk about lessons on forgiveness. We'll find that in verses three and four. And then thirdly, we'll talk about lessons on faith. We'll find that in verse 5 and 6. And then finally, we'll talk about lessons on faithfulness and stewardship in verses 7 through 10. Lessons on offenses and stumbling, verse 1 and 2. Lessons on forgiveness in verse 3 and 4. Lessons on faith, verse 5 and 6. And finally, we'll talk about lessons on faithfulness and stewardship in verse 7 through 10. Again, I've titled the sermon, Christianity 101. This is stuff, listen, you need to know. This is stuff that if you don't know, you can't be a strong Christian, you won't be a strong Christian. It's very, very, very important. So Luke chapter 17, let's jump right in. Luke chapter 17, beginning in verse 1. Saints, if you're looking at verse 1, please say amen. Amen. And some of y'all not looking. In verse 1, if you're looking at it, please say amen. Amen. That's better. He said to his disciples, it is impossible, Jesus said, it is impossible that no offenses should come. But woe unto him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourself If your brother sins against you, do what, saints? Rebuke him. Do what, saints? Rebuke him. And if he repents, do what, saints? Forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, 
and seven times in a day he returns to you saying, I repent, you shall do what, saints? Forgive him. And the apostles said to him, Lord, increase our faith. And so the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, very important, you underline that, as a mustard seed. You can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it will obey you. And which of you, having a servant plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he has come in in from the field, come at once and sit down and eat? But will he not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk and afterwards you will eat and drink? Does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. Or in the Greek language, not. So, likewise, you, in verse 10, when you have done all those things which you are commanded, say, we are, please underline this, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what our duty was to do. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. So Jesus is making his way to Jerusalem in just a few short weeks. As I mentioned, Jesus is going to be crucified on the cross. And now Jesus is using his time to teach, to train, to minister to his disciples. So in verse 1, then he said to his disciples, now we're not talking about the 12. The 12 disciples that were with him were actually, the 12 were called apostles. We're not talking about the 12. The word disciple, and you can write this in the margins of your Bible, the word disciple means learner. It means learner. There were many gathered who were learners, not just the 12. So Jesus said to his learners, it is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. Number one, Lesson on offenses and stumbling. The word offenses, if you're taking notes, is the Greek word scandalizo. Scandalizo. We have the word, anybody know? Scandalize. Very good. It literally means to bait a stick that was put in a trap. Jesus said it is impossible to live in this world and not be offended or offend someone. Listen, look at me. It is especially true of Christians. It is impossible for us Christian folk to live in this world and not be offended. I don't know about you, but almost every time I turn on the TV, I feel offended. You look at stuff and it's, it's crazy. Is the world going nuts or is it just me? It seems like it's going nuts even quicker than it used to be. I remember when I was 15 years old, I used to say, when I was 15, I used to go, man, when I'm 30, I'm going to be over the hill. Man, when I'm 30, anybody know, remember that? When you were, oh man, 15, you're 15, you think 30 is like way out there. And you go, oh man, when I'm 30, it's going to be over for me. And then when you get 30, you go, you know, when I'm 40, that's it, I'm done, I'm done. You notice it's getting further. And then when you go, you know, 50 ain't looking so bad now. I'm feeling actually pretty good at 50. I'm 50 right now, so, uh, you know, uh, 50 ain't looking so bad. But the world is changing from, from when I was a kid. I remember, you know, looking at TV, I remember, you know, Wrigley Spearmint Gum. 
You remember the, the double mint twins? Anybody remember the double mint twins? See, so y'all dating yourself now. Y'all like, some of y'all don't want to admit it. Y'all like, yeah, I remember the double mint twins. And they were like twins and everything was all nice and clean. Nowadays, the double mint twins are pornographic. I'm looking at TV the other day and they got the little gum commercial and they put the gum. How in the world do you sexualize gum? They put the gum in their mouth and it's all sexy. You know, they put it in sight. Whatever. It's like, you know, how do you, how do you sexualize gum? Come on. And you look at the world, and it's an offense to the Christian. I remember one year that I took my family. We were living out in California, and I took my family to Las Vegas. I know. I, you know, I, I was like the Griswolds. You know, we are going to have a family vacation, doggone it. So I took the family to the, Gris, to the, to the Griswolds. I took my family to the... <laughs> <laughs> I took my family to, to Las Vegas, and I'm thinking, you know, because Las Vegas, they, they have it, so it's like, um, you know, like a family thing. And they got, you know, like Treasure Island and stuff, and they make it a family thing. Let me tell you something. Ain't nothing family about Las Vegas, okay? But we were going there because of the buffet. <laughs> Say hallelujah. There ain't nothing wrong with a buffet, don't hate. It, it, and it was cheap, too. You could eat all the steak and all the... That was when y'all used to eat like crazy. I was about 75 pounds, heavy, 80 pounds, I'm heavy now. But when I went there for the buffet. I'm thinking, the buffet, this is going to be a great weekend. You know, we're going to go buffet to buffet, buffet. So we get there. As soon as we get there, and we were living out in California, so it wasn't that far a trip. As soon as we get there, you get on the strip, the first thing you see is cabs all over the place, and they got pornographic signs right on the cabs. And we were Christians. Pornographic signs right on the cabs. So we're like, oh my goodness. We're like, close your eyes, close your eyes, close your eyes. The whole time we're there, we're like, close your eyes, close your eyes. But then I didn't see anything. Shut up, kid. Close your eyes, close your eyes. <laughs> So I remember this one time we were in this store, and I don't even know if you remember this, but one time we were in this store, and I'm thinking, okay, you can't get, you know, my son is sitting on the front row, and he, you remember this, yes, you remember this, okay. So um, this one store, and it says, gifts and souvenirs, and you think you cannot go wrong, because you go someplace, you want to get gifts and souvenirs. So I'm thinking, you can't go wrong with gifts and souvenirs. So we go in the gifts and souvenir shop, and we're walking around and looking at different stuff. And all of a sudden, I said, oh, where's Rodney Jr.? I said, where's Rodney Jr.? And I'm looking around going, Rodney, Rodney, where's, where's, you see Rodney Jr.? Where's Rodney Jr.? All of a sudden, the aisles back, I hear, ooh, ooh. I'm like, Rodney, Rodney, where are you? So I'm going looking at him, ooh, ooh. So then I go and I find him in the back of the store, and he's in the pornographic section of the gifts and souvenir shop. And Rodney, and I see Rodney standing, he's going, ooh, ooh. And I get down there, and I go, Rodney, and I look at him, and I go, Oh, oh, right, shut your eyes, shut your eyes. I told you to walk around with your eyes shut. Shut your eyes, let's get out of here. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. You know you move when you go, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I'm like, get everybody out of here. But you listen, as a Christian, you're going to be offended in this world. This world, listen, is so different than what we as Christians believe. It's so different than what we as Christians understand. You got to understand something. This world, and perhaps you'll agree, is not your home. Anybody agree with that? This world is not your home. We are going to be with the Lord. And I don't know, the longer the Lord takes, the more I'm like, Lord, where you at? 
And you know where you're at. You're waiting for somebody to come and they just can't get there quick enough. Can I get a witness? They can't get there quick enough. Lord, where you're at. This world's not our home. The Bible says we are strangers and pilgrims passing through. And that's why we get offended with the things of the world. We are offended because we, 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 we have a different perspective. So we need to understand that if you live in this world, you will be offended. And listen, sometimes those offenses will come from people in the church. Hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. Somebody once said, to live above with saints we love, well, that will be grace and glory. To live below with saints we know, well, that's another story. And that's true, isn't it? To live below with saints we know, that's another story. You know, sometimes Christians will offend you. People will offend you. Write this down. Romans chapter 12, verse 8, it says, As much as within you live peaceably with all men. That implies that sometimes, Romans 12, 8, that implies that sometimes folk, some folk, you can't live peaceably. Y'all know, y'all, y'all know anybody like that? Some people, you just cannot get along with them. They don't want to get along. They, some folks are just difficult to get along with. If you're difficult to get along with, would you please stand? We like to identify you. Oh, you again? Wow, you too. You know what? Oh, you're, is that your husband right there? I can already tell you, you need to sit back there with him. But in that case, you stay where you are, sweetie. Don't you move from that seat. But both of y'all are difficult to get along with. That's very nice of you to acknowledge it. Awkward moment. Some people like them are difficult to get. <laughs> are difficult. You got to learn to come back from that stuff. Y'all watch me work. Watch me work. You got to come back from that stuff. So they just difficult to get along with. Some people are like that. And Jesus says in our text, it's impossible that no offenses should come. So then what do you do when someone offends you? Well, listen, here's a practical action plan for how to dwell below with saints we know. Listen, listen to me close. It's very important. When someone offends offend you, slap them. No, don't do that. I'm just kidding. When someone offends you, no, I'm kidding. Don't do that. When somebody go, you know what? My pastor told me to slap you. I just left church. This is what you do in Matthew chapter 18. I got it on the screen for you. When somebody offends you, listen, this is how you handle it. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, please somebody read it with me. Go and everybody read it with me. Go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. And if he hears you, you've gained your brother. But if he will not hear you, take with you two, one or two witnesses or one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. I want you to keep that verse up on the screen. I want you to look at it very closely. Jesus says, if your brother sins against you, go to him. It doesn't say go slice the tires on his car. It doesn't say that you are to go key his car. If your brother sins against you, it doesn't say go gossip about him and tell everybody what a jerk he is. If your brother sins against you, go tell your best friend. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say go tell the church secretary. It doesn't say go tell your homie. It doesn't even say go ask and tell your pastor. 
It doesn't say that. It doesn't say ask for prayer. Oh, you know how some folks say, well, I just need you to pray about this and tell them, and it doesn't say that. It says, if your brother sins against you, it says, go to him. Notice it doesn't say email, text him, or Facebook him. I'm just trying to bring it up current for y'all, right? It doesn't say do that either. The Bible says, if your brother sins against you, do what? Go tell him. Do what, saints? Go tell him his fault between you and him, mano in mano. Go directly, honestly, frankly, to the brother. Listen, this is one of the most disobeyed verses in all of the Bible. Isn't it true? If the church would start to practice this verse, when offenses come, there'd be fewer church splits, church fights, fewer church divisions, and listen, a whole lot less gossip. And most often, I want you to say a better amen than that, and a whole lot less gossip. You know, most often when people are offended, you know what they do? They leave church. They leave the church. And then they go to a church across town, and then they're offended at that church. And the reason they are offended at that church is because they haven't learned to deal with offenses biblically at the church that they were at. And they also don't realize that no matter where you are, you're always there. So they keep going over there. And a lot of times they're the ones causing the offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody, y'all, y'all don't understand what I'm saying, but this half does. You see, you, you, you take the offense over there. You need to learn how to deal with those things biblically. You know, and they go church to church. We call them church hoppers or steeple chasers. They're always, there's always a problem with the church that they came from. You know, in geometry, listen, in geometry, in school, geometry of which I actually fell asleep in school for most of this, but I did stay awake long enough to learn this. The shortest distance, somebody help me, the shortest distance between two points is what? A straight line. And Jesus knows the shortest way to handle a situation when you're offended is to go straight to that person that offended you and tell him his fault. And if you go to anyone other than that person, that is what the Bible calls gossip. The Bible has a lot to say about gossip. Listen, and it's all bad. You know, it reminds me of the story of these three ministers who decided to begin to pray together and hold each other accountable. And as they got together for the very first time, the first minister says, brothers, I got a sin to confess. For years, I've been struggling with temptation and pornography, and I really need you to pray for me because I want to be delivered. And the second minister says, guys, I've got to confess a sin too. I've struggled with alcohol for years, and many times on Monday, I go out and get smashed, and I feel terrible about it. Please pray for me. And the third minister says, well, fellas, my struggle is that I love to gossip and I just can't wait to get out of here and go tell somebody. (laughs) See, that's funny. But listen, gossip, listen, it really hurts. It really does. Yiddish folklore offers this telling tale about people who gossip. One such man had told so many malicious untruths about the local rabbi that overcome by remorse, he begged the rabbi to forgive him. And he said, Rabbi, tell me, how can I make amends? And the rabbi sighed, take two pillows and go to the public square and there cut the pillows open and wave them in the air and then come back. And the man quickly went home and he got two pillows and a knife and he ran to the public square and he cut the pillows open and he waved them in the air and he ran back as quickly as he could to the rabbi's chambers. Rabbi, I did just what you said. The rabbi said, good. And then he smiled. 
Now, to realize how much harm is done by gossip, go back to the square and, and the man in, interrupted, collect all the feathers. Interesting. You see, once gossip is spread, it's out there. It's gone. And you can't get it back. You don't want to gossip about anybody because you can't take it back. Even if you go back and you ask for forgiveness, gossip hurts people. Gossip hurts churches. Gossip hurts ministers and pastors and church leaders, and it hurts people in the church. Gossip is destructive. Are y'all listening to me? And then so often, you know, we are pounding the pulpit on, you know, all the sin of homosexuals. We got to get the gays out of the church, get the gays out of the pulpit. All the alcoholics and all of the people, drug addicted people, we need to get rid of them people and deal with those people. And they need celebrate recovery and all of this stuff here. Well, you know what? Gossipers need celebrate recovery as well. Uh Uh-huh. I'm going to wait while you clap your hands because that's that's true. It's just, here's my point. Here's my point. It's just as destructive. It really is. It's horrible. And I've seen people, I've had people gossip about me and put it out there on the internet. Can y'all imagine somebody saying one bad thing about me? It's unconscionable. I can't conceive it in my furthest imagination. But they have. And putting things out all on the internet. And the internet, Lordy, the internet can be a good resource and it could be a horrible, destructive thing. And the the interesting thing about the culture we live in, people will say things to you via email, via text message, via Facebook. They will say things to you through those ways, but they will never say it to your face. You know, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't respect that. I can't respect that. I'm going to wait while the rest of y'all clap your hands because they did. Yep. Isn't it true? It just gives people a way to tell you what they think. I'm going to tell you what's on my mind without telling you to your face. Don't do that. If you have something to say to someone, go to them. Don't come to the pastor. People will come to me and Pastor Rodney, you know, I need you to pray. Part of this I understand. I'm the pastor, and they maybe are coming to me truly for advice, counsel, or just, you know, how to handle a certain situation. That part I do understand. But usually I say to them, have you gone to that person? No, I haven't gone to that person. I tell you what, here's what I'm going to do. We'll talk about it a little bit. I'll give you some godly counsel, and then I'm going to give you one week. I do this. And some of y'all in here, I've probably done it with you. If, if I'll give you one week to go to that person and tell them what it is you have told me. If you don't do it in one week, if you haven't talked to them, and I will check back with you because I got a good memory. I'm 50, but I got a good memory. Okay, and I will check back with you. And if you haven't done it, I will bring you and them in the same room and you will tell them there because I'm not your trash can. I want to love people. God has called me to love people. God has called me to love every single one of you. And I can't love you if I let people gossip about you and tell me things. I don't even let people say off color things. And my son is sitting right there. My wife was in last service and they will tell you, I don't let people say off color things against other people. We don't do that in my house. We don't. Not at the Finch family house. No, we don't. We don't sit up and talk about this person at church and what about that person at church. And parents, listen, this is a freebie because last night and two this morning didn't get this. This is a freebie for you, okay? Parents, if you do that in front of your kids, you are killing them spiritually. 
That is the most destructive thing because you know what will happen? You'll get it all right and your heart will get right toward them and you'll make it up and everything will be good and you'll be hugging and kissing and loving each other and worshiping together, kumbaya, at church real soon. But you know what the kids will do? They hold it in their heart. And you just stumbled a little one. You got to be careful. I don't let that happen in my house. No, you can't talk about nobody. Don't want to talk about what you think about this and what you think about that. Nope, nope, nope. Get out of those conversations because we are called to love people. We are not called to judge people. We are to love them and let God judge them. And that's exactly what I want to do as a pastor of this church. I just want to see everybody and just love you in the name of Jesus. I ain't trying to find out what you're doing. Is that all right? Is that all right? Is that all right with y'all back there? Is that all right? It's got to be all right because it's biblical and it is right. Don't let people use you for their trash can. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.